drugs, sex, and eight dead women. I believe she's with God, and that's the best place she can go. And she's free. I think she's away from all the pain. More than 10 years after the first body is found, there are lots of theories, but still no answers. Was it the work of a serial killer? Was a law enforcement officer involved? Was it someone they knew? Who can kill eight girls in a small town and no evidence, you know what I'm saying? This is Southwest Louisiana Unsolved, the Jeff Davis 8. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jillian Corder. We've spent time talking about each case and hearing old interviews from family members and law enforcement. And that leads us to the present. It's 2019. It's been 14 years since the discovery of the first body, Loretta Lynn Chasson-Lewis, in 2005. So where does this case stand now? Will these victims ever get justice? We drove to Jennings to meet with Jeff Davis Parish Sheriff Ivy Woods at the new Sheriff's Office building on Highway 90. As soon as you turn off the highway, you see the large banner beneath the Sheriff's Office sign. It shows the faces of the eight women whose deaths remain unsolved and the $85,000 reward still being offered. In 2012, when Sheriff Woods was elected, he maintained solving these cases would be a priority. So we asked, seven years into office, is that still the case? Well, it's still a top priority at the sheriff's office. Um, we still have uh, detectives assigned to the case. Uh, as soon as we get information that's fresh, everybody jumps on it and, and, and try to check, uh, check the legitimacy of, of, the, uh, of anything that, that we've got in. And while the leads don't come as frequently as they once did, they are still coming, and there is a dedicated room, an office, filled with files and information about the case. A room detectives go when they need information or inspiration. What's it like as sheriff being the position you're in now and having, having to have a room dedicated to, to these homicides well, or, it, or potential When we first took office, I mean, there was, a, there was an office for the task force that was you know, a rented office uh, when I took office. Uh, now we have a room that they go to, you know, when they got time, something comes in new, they'll go and check, go in that office and look up things. I mean, there's computers in there. There's a whole, it's like, it's like an office, but it's, it's there with all those files in it, locked. And, and only detectives can go in there. You may remember in 2008, former Sheriff Ricky Edwards said they don't have the facts to prove that they were looking for a serial killer, but they didn't have facts to prove it wasn't either. And that, according to Sheriff Woods, holds true today. The sheriff says his detectives check on every tip they get, and the serial killer theory is a very real possibility. He says anytime a serial killer is captured, Detectives in his department spring into action to find out whether that person may have a connection to Southwest Louisiana, and ultimately, these eight women. When's the last time something fresh has come in? 
I mean, it's like every time there is a serial killer caught or the one that gives up information that he is a serial or she is a serial killer, of course, we do go into our records and see where that person was at that time. So yeah. what, what kind of region are you looking at? Are we, anytime well, someone in the United States is caught? Yes, any, in, in the, anywhere in the United States is caught. I mean, it could be somebody that's from a foreign country. You know, you just you have to check it, check everything out like it's fresh. That's got to be a lot of work, right? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, we, that's why all the detectives jump on it while, it's, while we have, have it. Chief Deputy Chris Ivey was a member of the original task force. He now works for the Jeff Davis Parish Sheriff's Office. He told us about Israel Keys, a serial killer who admitted to violent crimes all over the country beginning in 1996. Ivy says Keys was actually stopped by authorities several years ago in Lake Charles and issued a ticket. Ivy says because of that connection to the area, they were checking into whether he could be connected to these eight women's deaths. But before they got any information, Keys committed suicide in prison. So could they be looking for a serial killer? Authorities say yes, but there are other possibilities as well. So there hasn't been a body found since 2009. Do you believe that the person responsible for the girl's deaths could be in jail or dead? That's a great possibility. I mean, uh, it could be, you know, one of the two, or it could it could have moved, or I, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's what is the, what do you call it, the, the $10,000 question, you know? Many of the families questioned over the years whether law enforcement was somehow involved. Sheriff Woods and Chief Deputy Ivy say they don't believe it. Why, they say, would the former sheriff start a task force comprised of officers all around the state and include the FBI and state police in the investigation if they were covering something up? We've also mentioned before that many of the families of those victims had a problem with their loved ones being categorized as having a high-risk lifestyle. Authorities say that information was relevant to help ease panic from residents worried they may be next. Residents who didn't lead the same lifestyle. When Sheriff Edwards put out that these girls all live similar high-risk lifestyles, a lot of family members especially had problems with that because they thought it... um, it's not the way they wanted to sum up their feeling, right? Member, right? It, yeah. And it maybe it, it made the public go, eh, well, she was involved in prostitution, or oh, well, she was involved in drugs. Right. Do you agree with having put that out? Well, I mean, maybe and not those words. Uh, I, you know, the issue was these all these girls were all within that that group that did drugs or they had some type of mental illness or you know they had their their reasons for being out there um to put them to call them saying that they had a high-risk lifestyle he was trying to get the uh word out not their people wasn't just going down the street snatching your house out of your house and killing you you know these people all lived a, a lifestyle that they were out late at night 
I mean, they did things that normal people didn't do. I mean, and that, that was one of the words he used as a high risk lifestyle. I mean, they did uh, drugs. They did prostitute their body for drugs. Uh, so there was merit in putting that out there, yeah. but maybe not in so many words. Yes. And KPLC reporter Teresa Schmidt echoes the importance of releasing that information. She covered these stories extensively and remembers a time after the women's bodies started being discovered that there was a real fear shaking the community. Part of that fear centered around the threat that whoever harmed these women could come after them. In 2008, I remember attending a self-defense class that was held in Jennings, and there were about 150 women there who had turned out because of what was going on in Jeff Davis Parish. They wanted some skills, they wanted some suggestions as to what they could do to protect themselves. One problem authorities face now, time. Another thought is that, okay, it's almost been 15 years since since the, the, the first girl was found. All of them seem to be connected um, to the world of drugs in some way. And so you're talking about many people who are getting older, um, people that might know something about their deaths, um, maybe moving from the area or dying. You're talking about overdoses in the, in the area. What's the fear there that someone or people with information aren't going to be around anymore I mean, or aren't around anymore? It's, 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 it's an issue. I mean, every day, you know, we have people that move away. They, like you said, they could die. They could take the most valuable information to the case with them, you know. Many of the officers who work the cases have moved on. That experience and knowledge gone with them. Case in point, Warren Gary, the former chief investigator for the sheriff's office, who at one time played a major role in the investigation. Gary was murdered on November 15, 2016. His 17-year-old grandson, Parker Gary, pleaded guilty to manslaughter in that case and was sentenced to 40 years in prison. Sheriff Wood says not a single deputy from the previous administration works in his office currently. Could that mean a whole new, fresh set of eyes for the case? You said solving this case is a priority. It still is. Still is. I mean, when you drove in the driveway, would you see the banner? And some people don't like it, but it is a priority. I mean, it's a fact that we have to deal with and and we're still working on it, you know. I guess for some people, it's a... It's not forgotten. Yeah. Some some people just want to kind of push it away to the side because it's a black eye on Jeff Davis Parish. It's reality. While investigators still wait for the one tip that will change everything... They tell us they will continue following up on every lead that comes their way. If you have a missing piece to this story, know something that investigators may not, reach out. Because while documentaries have been made, television shows produced, books written, there's one thing each story of the Jeff Davis 8 is missing, an ending. 
one that the families of these women have been waiting for. Thank you.